Hello and welcome to a new series of Europe Now programmes here on France 24. In the last few years, the European Union has faced a whole set of unexpected challenges leading to unprecedented solutions. From the COVID pandemic and recovery, to war in Ukraine and the knock-on effect on rising fuel prices and food prices across the continent. In this series of programmes, our Europe team looks at how the European Union and its members are confronting these challenges, particularly via that part of the EU budget which is aimed at levelling up the EU's many and diverse regions. For this first programme, we're in Greece, a country that is still feeling the after-effects of the debt crisis more than a decade ago and years of austerity measures. But to understand exactly what EU funds, particularly these EU cohesion funds, are doing in Greece, Here's an explainer by our own Sophie Samai. Cohesion, what is it? The economic, social and territorial situation is very different in each of the 242 regions that make up the European Union. The main objective of cohesion policy is to reduce these sometimes considerable discrepancies by financing projects to stimulate economic growth, job creation and competitiveness. Between 2014 and 2020, one million businesses have been helped by these cohesion funds. Health and education are also at the heart of investments. In 2018, for example, the eSchools project provided interactive classrooms to 151 schools in Croatia. If you see one of these symbols next to a European flag on a building or a sign, it was financed by one of the cohesion funds. The European Regional Development Fund invests in the development of all regions of the EU. The Cohesion Fund supports the environment and transport in the poorest countries. The European Social Fund Plus supports employment. Or the JTF, the Just Transition Fund, helps the regions most affected by climate change. Cohesion policy is reviewed every seven years by the European Union. Between 2021 and 2027, EU funds allocated to cohesion policy amount to 392 billion euros, a third of the European Union's budget, its second funding item after the common agricultural policy. As that explainer mentioned, it's not just education but also health that's at the heart of European investments. To explore the healthcare issue, we visited a local health unit in the new Philadelphia district of Athens. We're a small local health unit and we've been in this area since 2018. How many doctors are there here? There's five of us. And I believe this unit opened thanks to funding from the EU? That's right. EU funds helped to pay the salaries and maintain this building. We have medicines here for urgent cases, as we've had to deal with heart attacks and serious injuries. And how many patients are registered here? I had 2,000 at the start. Now I see 6,000. But with the reforms of the primary care system that are coming into effect, I will keep about 2,000 patients. What happens to the rest? The other 4,000 will be sent to other local health units in this district. So uh, we saw uh, just now that a lot of people don't want to actually leave 
uh, that public health unit. They want to stay with a doctor they know. That relationship of trust is very important, isn't it? And it's not actually typical in Greece. Family doctor is not something common in Greece yet, mm. as in the, uh, most of the rest of the European countries. And people are not aware of the importance of primary care and how they can solve and address all the issues nearby where they live or where they work. And just give us an idea of how Greece has recovered or not uh, in the light of austerity since the debt crisis. Uh, how bad are things in the public uh, health system now? Well, uh, I wouldn't say that uh, things are great at the moment because first and foremost, the health workforce of the public health system underwent uh, a huge burden during the pandemic. A lot of them have a profound burnout. Uh, and uh, there, there is also the brain drain towards other countries that started also 10 or 12 years ago when the crisis started. To get back for a second to these EU cohesion funds, how do you think that that instrument can be improved to make more of a difference here? Uh, for one, it can actually be uh, an operational program that is more targeted to health, to healthcare and public health. It will make it easier also, I believe, for national governments to absorb and uh, deal with this funding. Uh, and then there is Europe. I, I think, this is my personal opinion, has to have a strategic plan on public health rather than fragmented programs on different uh, sides of healthcare and uh, the public health spectrum. It needs to, to take to see the big picture and the pandemic really revealed that, that Europe has a common public health issues at the moment. Well, of course, delivering healthcare is not just about reaching people in cities, such as here in Athens, but also rural communities and isolated communities. Our Luke Brown takes a look at how Telemedicine, that's remote medicine, is changing people's lives in isolated communities. And he also looks at how smart cities are changing public health here in Greece. The island of Kithira, off the Peloponnese Peninsula. An hour's ferry ride from the mainland come rain or shine, and over 100 euros for a return ticket. For the island's 4,000 residents, travel isn't always possible, and the small local hospital isn't equipped with every type of specialist. That means the arrival of telemedicine facilities in 2016 has improved the medical service provided. Lots of people would otherwise wait a lot longer to visit a doctor. And it's really important to see a doctor at the right time. You might have a mark on your skin that a doctor thinks is worrying, so the doctor can order a biopsy. And you know, if you don't catch it in time, it can be dangerous. Last year, the telemedicine network connected 3,000 patients to mainland doctors. In all, the programme has funded 80 units connecting isolated islands to bigger hospitals at a total cost of 6.5 million euros, 80% funded by the EU. This hospital in Athens centralises many of the calls. For the medical community, it's been an opportunity to innovate and learn new skills. Seven years ago, psychiatrist Dr Basharaki was one of the first to adopt the system. In Europe, we have already been able to build guidelines in my field of speciality, for example. And I think that the scientific world can learn from what we have achieved. 
The EU's post-COVID recovery fund is set to expand telemedicine to 350 units across Greece at a cost of 30 million euros. But some places want to go further and faster. For 15 years, the town of Tricola has been a beacon of innovation as Greece's most connected city. Last year, it trialled drone deliveries of medicine to isolated villages. Now Dr George Defoulis is leading efforts to use the Internet of Things, smart devices and tailored algorithms to monitor volunteers' health data and ensure they get the right care. It's the future. It's one of the, um, the most uh, interesting part for me is the fact that I work on uh, uh, new types of healthcare that embrace technology, not just in a, in a lab, but in real-life clinical settings. Over the past decade, Tricala has become a model, using first EU cohesion funds and now the Horizon EU programme to innovate in the real world. For the mayor, the goal is to provide smart solutions for every aspect of his citizens' daily lives, not just healthcare. Technology can really make our life safer. Uh, the next step is to see how all these pilot programmes that we run can uh, come uh, can integrate to the centre, to the heart of the system, a robust and uh, uh, but very uh, effective uh, way to manage our city using technology. Starting with a few hundred volunteers, the goal of the Etricala project is to provide a test bed that can be replicated in other small European towns. Their latest innovation, an app to encourage Tricala's residents to cycle or walk rather than using their cars. I am the Special Secretary of the Ministry of Investments and Development of Greece in charge of the European Social Fund. So Special Secretary, we're standing next to a mobile, a COVID mobile testing unit. Um, tell us what this, uh, actually how this fits into your job. This is a, the first project that was actually co-financed by the European Union. Um, in response to the COVID pandemic in Greece, uh, right from the start of the, the pandemic in March uh, 2020. Uh, we had this, um, already a project that was uh, mobile units for remote areas or for the islands for uh, um, various uh, um, health, uh, sort of at the primary um, uh, care of the health service support. But we were able, with um, the, the uh, revision of the regulations of the European Union, to utilize the European Social Fund. Uh, it has helped us monitor the population and the levels of the pandemic across Greece uh, because of the obvious advantage of being mobile. And of course, at the beginning of the pandemic, it was very useful so, as not, um, so that people were not going to the hospitals and sort of uh, flock the hospitals with the risk of contagion being also very major. People don't have the same attitude now to COVID as in 2020. So if people think, ah, I won't get a test, everything's fine now. We still need to monitor the population for um, uh, the pandemic testing and continue, especially in, in crowded areas and so on, uh, to take precautions and the necessary measures. So uh, in the future, however, this experience of the network of mobile units in Greece um, can assist or can be transformed, in effect, in uh, a, another type of support of primary health care. Yeah. So uh, we could use this experience in order to perhaps do uh, local informations or local testing for other 
um, uh, you know, not a disease per se, but uh, uh, for testing for uh, uh, in remote areas uh, for some tests that could not be done uh, so that people do not need to go to a hospital. It could be something that uh, we can build on. Well, let's zoom out of Greece now and go across the Adriatic Sea to look at a problem which is facing many European countries. That's to say an increasingly elderly population and more people expected to be in long-term care. Our own Luke Brown has this report from rural Italy. The road to Migliorina is long and winding. It's also in a sorry state of disrepair, a concern for the well-being of local residents. It's very difficult to move people from a, a small town to the big centre to have to access to healthcare. So it's, it's easier to, to move data, not, not people. Migliorina is typical of many rural communities in Italy, with over 50% of its 800 residents aged over 70. For Pietro Guzzi, data is a vital tool to help his community. The village already has high-speed internet, and now he wants smart devices to go one step further. Mayor Guzzi, who teaches bioinformatics at the local university, himself is a guinea pig for the project. This is a, an SOS message, it's a Mayday message. It improved the quality of the control by the, by the physician. And last but not least, he also an economy of scale is efficient because so just move the, the device, not just move a physician. Cohesion policy aims to remove inequalities within the EU. The Cyfor Care project is one, an EU-funded initiative to help elderly people in isolated communities. Beyond Migliorina, the 2.3 million euro programme is being tested in seven countries around the Adriatic region. Smart devices track volunteers' medical data and movements in real time, alerting doctors to sudden changes and reassuring loved ones for patients suffering dementia. The programme is also testing AI that aims to improve patient care and provide solutions that can be applied in different healthcare systems. The point that our health is based on social relation, diet, behavioral aspect, more than the issues about genetic and other, shows that if we can share those information with different subjects, different associations, different, then we can have a better life, a better quality, because we can uh, share the same issues, uh, and that is a common problem around Europe. Southern Italy is supposed to receive almost two-thirds of the EU's cohesion funds, recognition of its need to level up. Italy is itself the single biggest beneficiary of the EU's post-Covid recovery fund, worth nearly 200 billion euros. But the new Italian Prime Minister, Giorgio Meloni, has vowed to renegotiate the conditions, a worry for those on the front line of Italy's health service. Giorgia Meloni isn't a beginner in politics. She has lots of experience. I hope that from a political point of view she recognizes that the risk for Italy is considerable. 200 billion euros isn't peanuts. In reality, it's a sign of goodwill from Europe towards Italy. The EU-backed innovation isn't just in the villages of rural Italy. At this hospital in Naples, the Icarus Lab is building on years of research that was supported by cohesion funds. Their algorithms are designed to allow robots to safely interact with patients and alleviate the workload of healthcare professionals in Italy's overstretched health service. Well, 
that brings us to the end of the first part of this show. In part two, we'll be looking at some of the broader issues affecting Greece and its economic recovery, and of course, how EU funds come into the picture. We'll be back in a few minutes, so don't go away.